Today, I have Mike Emlett with me in the counselor's room. Mike, thanks for being here. How thanks are for you? having me. I'm doing well. Thanks, Alice here. Mike, I remember uh, during my year as an intern at CCEF, uh, getting to actually have you sit in on one of my sessions with a young woman. And I remember during the course of that session, I was asking her about some, some difficult things uh, from her past that I knew were very much affecting how she felt now. And I was specifically reviewing a day uh, when someone had forgotten her birthday after she put a lot of time and effort into remembering theirs the month before. And uh, I remember what I did is I just tried to ask her, how, how did you feel about that? Do you remember that day? And I remember after the session, you graciously and gently asking me the simple and obvious question of, why didn't I ask her how she was feeling right then in the room as she and I were talking, as she was uh, she was tearful? I mean, it was obvious there was a lot of emotion. And I had gone for you know these vague memories of a year ago, and, and you'd encouraged me and challenged me with that question to think about, well, what was she dealing with right then? I've heard you talk about and think about working uh, in the moment, working with kind of what's what's current right in front of you. Will you say a little bit, how do you think about that? Do you encourage always working in the moment with people, never? Uh, how, do you, how do you process that? Well, in one sense, I think you're always uh, working in the moment because you're always doing relationship uh, with your counselee or counselees in in the room. So in that sense, it's always uh, the case that you're in the present. Uh, I think you're one of the things that we're focusing on here is the difference in in a session between co- the content of what we're talking about versus the the process of actually. Um, doing relationship and and discussing these things um, so I think you're in that sense you're always you're always doing process and there's always content associated with that process but maybe here would be here would be I mean you gave an example here's a here's another example of the the difference between those two I had um, I had a counselee or have a counselee who struggles with perfectionism guilt and shame and as a as a homework assignment I asked him to um, do his own prodigal son speech. Uh, how would he? How would he uh, represent himself to God the Father? Um, and he came in, and I I asked him to to read it, uh, which uh, which he did, and then asked him to reflect on what what is his what was his experience in doing that right then and there? How was he experiencing what he had written? Uh, right then and there, which is tied to content, but is very different than kind of dissecting and parsing the the content of the speech. Um, we did that as well, but I wanted him to. I, I wanted to get a sense of, well, what? How was he experiencing what? What he wrote, um, because this this particular counselee s- struggled um, to identify uh, what he was what he was experiencing uh, and feeling. So I thought it was particularly important to understand that uh, and for him to be able to articulate. Yeah, this is this is how this makes me. This is how I'm feeling right now. Just I, you know, I. I feel more guilty or I feel more ashamed. I want to know that. So that's, I think that's the, 
the difference between process and content. And um, Winston could talk a lot more about this from a from a marriage counseling perspective, where so much of the the session is is focused on process. That is the relation. How is this relationship between husband and wife actually happening right now in in the room? And how is it happening uh, vis-a-vis me, um, rather than let me let this person give a report of their last week, and then this person give a report of their last week, and then try to mesh the details, which usually never works well. Um, so I think that's that's why I think it's always important to deal with, if you will, the here and now. Hmm. Mike, I would I would imagine that for many of us who work in relational ministry, who are either counselors, who are pastors, who are the kind of person who's sitting down with people one-on-one. Um, I, I don't even quite have the words to put on it, but I, would, I just feel like it's, it's often more awkward, uh, at least initially, to think about doing something like this. You feel like uh, it's much safer to ask, how did you feel or what happened or what are you planning to do about it? But to say, well, wait a minute, what are you feeling right now? Um, I think that can be awkward for people. Any any suggestions or advice for for people who find that awkward, who feel like, oh, that that question somehow suddenly this room just became part of the problem, as opposed to as opposed to being a safe haven where you could talk about the problem that was outside. Yeah. Well, I think I mean, what better place in one sense to be able to um, practice um, openness, practice growing in trust and and taking the risk that ultimately a risk that is dependent on the security that we have in the Lord um, to to deal with hard issues right now in the room and I think that's true from the counselor's point of view as well we sometimes don't think you know very uh, uh, much in the moment like what am I experiencing right now um, one of the one of the questions that um, Ed Welch uh, always asked me as an intern was um, so, do you like this counseling? And the first time, you know, I heard, I was like, "What do you mean? Do I like the counseling? Of course, I like. Uh, don't I have to like the counseling?" Um, but what he was getting at was, "What's your experience of this person? Do you find it easy to move toward them, or difficult to move toward them? Because that's going to make a difference in terms of how you relate to them and how you counsel them." So how you as a counselor are experiencing the counseling that's part of the in the moment in the now process as well and i think that's very important or perhaps we'll find that we're um, we'll see places where we could be ineffective as counselors if we're not aware of those dynamics that makes sense because at that point you're really starting to identify both um okay i'm sitting with an angry person uh, we're talking about their anger issues, and if I do uh, sort of get close enough to the moment to actually notice, I realize I'm actually a bit intimidated or I'm scared. Well, that's really helpful information, and at some point, if you're able to share that, that becomes an incredibly—it's uh, a vulnerable thing to do, but it's also quite a gift that you could give that person. And then I suppose on a, a second track, it, it's just going to. As you put it, just it's going to help you identify your temptations as a counselor. If you do find it difficult to move towards this person, uh, you're not going to naturally do it, and so you're going to need to focus there much more so than you might with someone else. Um, 
So that makes a, a lot of sense. Do you have um, an overarching biblical category where you would put this idea of working in the moment in? You've already raised this issue of you're trusting God in order to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious to hear you say more about that, but is, is that the framework or is something else the framework? Well, I think that's one aspect of the framework. When you think of the, 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 the relationship between love of God and love of people, the, if you will, the, the horizontal our relationships with others are always connected uh, with with the vertical, our relationship with, with the Lord. So in that sense, what is happening horizontally right now with this counselee has, uh, has Godward uh, orientation. So if this counselee is finding it difficult to open up to me or finds that they, that they feel shame before me, that that's going to say something uh, invariably about the way they're relating or, or not relating uh, to the Lord. So perhaps that, that dual relate, that relationship between loving neighbor, loving God is one of the, one of the underpinnings of that. And then I think just a, a second, you know, a second category is just the, um, the, the call to, the call to love, to be to be considerate, to be mindful uh, of, of a person so that, in other words, can I engage with this person uh, right here who's in front of me rather than talking more abstractly? Um, I think that's, that's just another, another category of just practical hands and feet love for this person to be attentive in that way. And maybe one other one other aspect there, um, I think, uh, Alistair would be, I think clearly in Scripture you see, it's not just our thoughts that are that that are important, but but our emotions, what we're what we're what we're what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, of course, our actions uh, as as well, but. I think we we don't talk a lot um, about uh, about our emotions, and so I think that's that's an appropriate biblical category, um, and I think that should be evident in the counseling room as well. And so, asking someone what they're experiencing right now, not just what did you think you know last week, is uh, is is an appropriate thing to do. Yeah. And I suppose it also overcomes one of the greatest weaknesses of the counseling context, which is that you're always talking about things happening outside. You know, the, the problem that brought someone to see you, uh, as, as usually as a pastor, as a counselor, is something outside the room. Very few people come to counseling saying, like, I have a big problem with counseling and it makes me very uncomfortable to come and talk to a therapist or a pastor, so I'm going to come do it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. You know, that, that's not most people's issue. Right. I'm going to face um, my fears by doing relationship right. with yes. you right now. Mm. Exactly. And in in that sense, it really brings you in as a fellow participant, um, struggler. You're suddenly now working in the context of their struggle rather than simply trying to understand what it's like for them uh, kind of secondhand in the way that most of counseling um, at least starts. So that right. that helps me as well put yeah. it in that framework. Yeah, you're taking seriously that they're they're a person with whom you are developing a relationship when you uh, when you're relating to them in in that way, and not just um, 
getting a report, if you will, of their of their week, or just focused on here's here's the content I need to download from my brain to to your brain. Makes a lot of sense, Mike. Thank you so much for your thoughts. Thanks, Alistair. listening to CCEF On The Go, a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. Here at CCEF, we are committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org.